First Samuel chapter 17, from verse 1 onwards. Now the Philistines gathered the armies together to battle, and were gathered at Sulco, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sulco and Azekah in Ephesdemen. And so all the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I'm going to stop right here as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. We will continue further down as the Spirit of the Lord is showing me. That's where he's going to take us. But I want to highlight a few points here that the Lord wants me to before we go down further. Many times, many people say, we don't need to talk about the devil. We only need to talk about the Lord. I don't want to hear about the devil. I don't want to hear about what the devil is doing. We just want to hear about the Lord. If that's the case, then the Bible won't have anything about the devil. If we don't know our enemy, we must understand that's our first step towards defeat. If you don't know your enemy, you will fall. You will fall flat before him. You don't know what his capacity is, who he is, where he's coming from, which place he's coming from, and what he's going to do and what he has. If you don't know your enemy, then you will be defeated. You will be defeated. Jesus said this. You need to know who your enemy is. The enemy of our souls. He is all the time looking to see who he can take down. The Spirit of the Lord is recorded in his word. 
The enemy, he is a destroyer. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. Jesus talks about him. And he's also called the deceiver in the Bible. The Bible also talks about how he deceived. Many of the angels, he's a clever devil. Deception is presenting something that looks real, but it's not real. Deception is lies that has an exterior that looks like the truth. Deception is a tool of the enemy which is intended to deceive someone in order to defeat them. I want to say this again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Deception is a tool of the enemy to defeat the one who's deceived. Deception is a tool of the enemy intended to deceive those who allow themselves to be deceived. Deception is a big tool of Satan. Satan is not the light, but he will come like the light. Satan is not the angel of light, but he will transform himself like an angel of light. Satan is not Jesus, but he can make himself look like Jesus, not the real Jesus. Satan is full of hate, but he can come and speak words of love, which are filled with poison. That's what deception is. Satan will come and say, I will give you wealth. I will give you peace. I'll give you rest. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. He can't give anything that's real. He will lie. He will lie to deceive the people. When he can only steal, kill, and destroy. How can he give anything that is good? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. It cannot come from Satan. So when he says, I will give you something really good, he's a deceiver. He offers his bait to people. We're not able to see the snares of the enemy. They just go like, the creature that goes for the bait and gets trapped by the enemy. So it's important to know your enemy. It's important to know the deceiver. It's important to know how he operates. It's important to know who he's after. It's important for you to know his strengths. It's important for you to know your strength, your weaknesses, it's important for you to know the strength of God. It's important for you to know the tools that will help you to succeed. And it's important for you also to know that the ways in which He can defeat you.
In this chapter alone, we see the Lord God Almighty has given in his holy word room, space to have certain number of verses dedicated to the description of Goliath and what he wore and how he was and what he was up to. The description of the enemy has been recorded in the holy word of God. Why? Why? You could have just put a huge giant came and that's what happened and you could have described a lot about David. No. You need to know the description of the enemy. Then only you'll know how big the victory was. And the power of God that came over David. To accomplish this impossible thing which was impossible looking in the sight of the king of Israel, was much bigger in appearance than the little David who stood before the giant. And what did this guy do? This giant Goliath who was possessed with demons, not only was physically strong, But spiritually, emotionally, mentally, he had given himself over to evil spirits who were possessing him. Moving him to come against the people of God. To wage war with the people of God here. So the man who is physically now carrying these demons... Standing here, inspired by the demonic spirits, he's speaking words against the people of God and the living God himself. Verse 8 says this, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you are the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight Together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. This is where many people, when they read the Bible, when they read scriptures like these, they take these scriptures and inaccurately build a theology around it. Inspired by the devil, they do so. Because accuracy comes from the Holy Spirit. Inaccuracies come from the demonic spirits. Verses like these, when you read, it says, Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines. They were greatly dismayed and greatly afraid. If there was nothing written about David in the Bible, they would have just concluded saying that all of Israel, there's not a single person who is not afraid. The entire nation of Israel where 
afraid. That's not what this verse means. It says, majority of the people there. David was not one among them. David was not afraid at all. He wasn't even aware of this. Until he actually came to the field and he actually heard. It talks about all the people who were there who heard. So when you read scriptures like the verses which says that all your righteousness are like filthy rags, people take those scriptures and say, no matter what you do, your righteousness cannot measure up to God and they're all like filthy rags. Oh, how demonically twisted that is. If you're righteous, God sees your righteousness as righteousness. He never says it's like filthy rags. No. We must read God's word within context. God is talking about people who are filthy and yet call themselves to be righteous. And he says, look at you. You say you're clean, you're full of filth. Look at you. At that point, you can't say that, oh, God says there's no one righteous. That means not a single person who is righteous in the face of the earth. No. In every generation, God's eyes were looking for those who were loyal to God. And God found people like Hannah, like Samuel, like Moses, like Joshua, like Caleb, like Abel, like Noah, like Job, like Manoah and his wife, like Jephthah. Like Daniel, like Isaac, like Abraham, many people. Both human number could be one or two in the generation or sometimes the only one. But there was someone there. We have to be very careful. When we listen to false teachers, when we listen to false doctrines, if you know the truth, you'll be able to separate the wheat from the chaff. You'll be able to protect yourselves and those when touch with you. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, Next to him, Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Forty days? Morning and evening. The Bible is full of numbers. 
numbers are very significant in the kingdom of God. Calendars, numbers, months, seasons are very significant in the kingdom of God. Numbers such as 40, 3, 1, 8, 18, 28, 6, 7, 5, very significant, you see, 21. According to specific numbers, God works. And the 40 days, morning and evening, is not a coincidence. It has a spiritual significance here. God allowed the Philistine to defy the armies of the living God. Morning and evening. 40 days. God allowed that to happen. Until he sent his man, a young boy, David. He came. He came to the place where the people of God were. And he came to the place where he was a, he was able to hear the voice of the enemy. David didn't have a call from his brothers or his king or from anyone. No one knew the God who was working in David. David was not somebody who was a busybody. You know how busybodies are? They want to know about everything that happens in everyone's lives. They want to. Otherwise their head will burst. They must know. If not, they can't sleep. It's not a good thing. They have to poke their their head into every single thing. Every matter. They have to be there. They have to know about it. Otherwise, they feel like the heads are going to explode. It's not a good thing. It's a demonic thing. It's important to mind our own businesses. It's important to take care of our own selves. The Bible says the person who goes and meddles in an affair that is not his own, it's like pulling a dog by the ear. Getting yourself into trouble. If it's not of concern to you, if it's not important to you, that means if it's not directly concerning you, you're not invited into something, don't invite yourself into something and get yourself into trouble. Keeping your mouth quiet will keep your soul from trouble. Jesus said this, out of the abundance of words, sin wanteth not. That means the more you talk, the more you open the door to the devil to trap you. Into his web. Called sin. It's always better. To be quiet. To speak when you have to speak. And refrain from speaking. When you should refrain from speaking. Don't be curious about the lives of other people. Don't jump into matters. That are not yours. 
protect yourselves from the traps of the enemy. Then Jesse said to his son David, verse 17, Take now for your brothers an ether of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Now what are these people doing? They're in battle. But the contest here is send a champion from your side. Send him to me. 40 days. This Goliath is issuing this challenge to the people of Israel. There's not a single person there until David showed up. What was David called for by his father? Not to go and fight. His father didn't call and tell him the whole story over here. All his father said was, take this and go. Give this and see how your brothers are doing and come back. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper. See how responsible he was? Those are dad's sheep. Dad is sending me. It's dad's business to find a replacement. And so I don't have to worry about this now. The dad has given the sheep to him. He was a responsible shepherd. He said, I have to lead the sheep with the person who will take good care of them. And he was not a man of excuses saying that I got to take care of this. Why can't you find somebody to do this? I got to go all the way to these guys and go give this and come. I like singing and I like writing psalms and I take care of my sheep and I'm just here. Let someone go. No. And he was not a busybody either. I just want to go and see what's happening and come and say some bad things about them here. Or go and act like a hero there. No. David was someone who knew the value of obedience. And he was someone who wore humility as a garment. A very diligent son to his father. He didn't say, I got to go all the way there and I'm so tired and I'm going to sleep and it's a little more. No. He rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. He did everything his father told him to. Very responsible. Very devoted son to his father. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Did exactly what his father told him to do. Then as he talked with them, because it's his father said, right? Find out how they are doing. So he's talking with them. He really loved them. He ran to them and greeted them and he was talking with them. And there was the champion. 
the Philistine of Gath, this demon-possessed giant, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So that which he had been speaking all through these days, he's saying the same thing. So David heard them. You need to understand this, very important. Satan doesn't come with new things unless you graduated from it. If you graduated from his old tricks, then he will come up with something new. But if you are someone who is afraid of the same thing, he'll just use, he's not going to waste his weapons, his ammunition. He said, I'm going to use the same thing. I'm not going to find any new weapon for this fellow. I need to just say the same thing. And every time I say the same thing, this guy is going to be shaking every single time for the same words. So do the same thing. He uses the same demons. He doesn't have to rile up anymore. He doesn't have to bring any more forces. He doesn't have to do any of those things. Easy. These are people who can be easily controlled by these demonic forces. What did he do? He came and said the same thing. Same words. Someone different is hearing the words now. The same crowd were hearing the same words morning and evening. Now, David heard them. Very different. Isn't it so beautiful? Because you have Saul and the army. That's all it's written. Over here. Someone who heard it differently. Their name is mentioned here. David heard them. Oh, what a difference. They all heard it a different way. David is hearing now. David's hearing comes from being in the presence of God, sanctified ears. Is hearing the voice of the enemy. And all men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. This is why the guy didn't have to pull any new tricks from his bag. He had to use the same thing because every time he uses the same words, he gets the same response. Fear. The enemy induces fear. You respond to the fear the same way. Every time he'll bring the same fear. If he brings the same lie and you respond the same way, every time he'll bring the same lie to you. You won't have to do anything more. Because every time, You surrender to defeat. You will not have to try anything stronger. He says, this is an easy prey. I'll just do the same thing, same cycle. Over and over and over again. Giving the same response to the devil. And he says, I just have to do the same thing. He says, you stay here. You can just put a little demon there. And that demon gets the job done. He doesn't need to bring any more forces because but this guy is easy. Or this woman is easy. God's people should not be like that. All the men of Israel, when they saw him, just at the sight, they just fled, hearing a voice. They were just scared to death. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. 
And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great gifts, great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Do you hear this? Well, the reward is there. No one had the courage to dare take that challenge and inherit that reward. It's very important. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Every time you win, every time you bring down the enemy and you win, you get a reward that has been established already for those who overcome. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, those who overcome, they'll be given the right to enter into the city. Those who overcome, they'll be given the right to eat from the fruit, from the fruit of the tree of life. Those who overcome, every time you overcome, there's something significant that has been already planned and prepared, that has been kept for you, reserved, will be given. Who actually inherits that? Most people don't. Most people don't. They fall flat before the enemy. They don't even fight. They just run. The enemy is very happy. Fear controls many people. And they give the same reaction that the devil is looking for. He says, this is what I know will happen and so this is all I need to do. And he has his bigger soldiers and bigger demons fighting battles. With people who are stronger. But majority of the time. Just his puny little evil spirits are enough for. A lot of the. Christians who surrender. At the sight. Are those spirits of fear. And they. Not only forfeit the rewards. That are there. Which are so. Huge. But they actually live a life that has no freedom. They all run inside and they're all kept bound to a specific location. No freedom. And the people answered him in this manner saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. David is asking this question, What's going to happen to the person? who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. What's the reward, he's asking? A man who was keen on his inheritance. man who was keen on his blessing. A man who was keen on taking away the reproach from the people of God. A young boy, David. Who was so keen. And taking. Away the reproach. From the people of God. And who was also keen on. The inheritance. That God had for him. Very important to note. These things cannot be missed. Don't be a loser. Don't lose. The battles. That you must win. Don't surrender to defeat. And don't lose the rewards that God has for you. Which are huge. Now Eliab. His oldest brother heard. When he spoke to the men. 
And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. You know, what spirit was working in and through Eliab, David's oldest brother? An evil spirit of accusation. False accusation. Many things have been conveyed and said in these statements that he's made here. He said, you're an arrogant boy, David, and you're irresponsible, David, and you just came here just to see your busy body, David. Why did you come here? David came to help them, to give them their food. And he came because his dad told him to. He was an obedient son. He was responsible. He did everything the right way. But look at the demon that's working through Eliab. To say, look at you. And what kind of a spirit worked through Eliab? Oh, he was an Israelite, wasn't he? Israelite. Oh, he was part of the army. Army of God. Oh, wow. What spirit was working through him? Spirit of anger. Spirit of anger combined with a spirit that accused him falsely. And he called him proud, insolence of heart, irresponsible, Busy body. Basically. Yelled at him. As the older brother. Having authority over. This little one. Was innocent. And was full of God in him. All David asked was. What shall be done to this man? The man who will. Take away the reproach. The people of God. Moved by the spirit of God. He's asking these things. When the entire nation was. Trembling. Seeing. The sight of this. Demon possessed giant. And hearing the voice of this demon possessed giant. While the majority of these people were terrified, David, full of the Spirit of God, is asking a question. He was not afraid and he didn't run inside. He stood there and he's talking. Moved by the Spirit of God, he's asking this question so that to make sure he gets the reward once it's done. He didn't want to be careless. With the reward that God would give him through the king. But look at the evil spirits that rose up through Eliab. There's how many carnal Christians are in the army of God. Bringing defeat to the kingdom of God. Full of carnality. Filled with the evil spirits of anger. 
speak words that are against God Almighty and against the innocent ones who are filled with the Spirit of God. Say things that they shouldn't say. What are they doing? They are letting the devil work through them against the plan of God, against the innocent vessel of God and against God himself who is in that vessel of God. Not a good thing. You see this Eliab, he has become a weapon in the hands of Satan. See, the Philistine, Goliath, uncircumcised man, he belonged to the camp of the enemy. You can understand where he's coming from and why he's possessed with the devil. What happened to Eliab? Eliab was an Israelite. He is a descendant of Abraham, the friend of God. He's not uncircumcised. He's a circumcised man who belonged to the people of God, who were in the covenant relationship with God Almighty. What happened to him? He became an enemy of God. He became an enemy of God. He became a weapon in the hands of Satan. How can that be? How can that be? How can you be on the Lord's side and fight against the Lord? Oh, it happens even to this day. It happens even to this day. But Satan finds an occasion in the hearts, minds, and bodies of many Christians who call themselves as blood-bought children of God within the covenant of Jesus Christ. Used by the devil against God himself. By going against the vessel of God that God is using to bring deliverance to them. To their people. But they do. They rise up against the Spirit of God. Think about that. Satan was so angry. He said, now I can't stand this fight. This David is here. Oh no. And he rose up within Eliab. With all his might, he came furiously against David, who didn't even expect this. He just was surprised by this. Over here, attack number one began against David. That's what happens to God's people. Those who are really walking with God. They sacrifice and sacrificially they come to serve God. All of a sudden, the one who's being protected and being served, all of a sudden, that one turns into a demon-possessed weapon of the enemy against the very grace of God that stands before them, the vessel of God. Very dangerous thing to do. All of a 
కరుణ ఎవరింగ్ ఇస్ ట్విస్టెడ్ మీన్ వాల్ దిస్ గాయ్ హెస్ రిసీవ్డ్ ఫర్ డేవిడ్ హెస్ బ్రాటన్ ఫుడ్ అండ్ ఎవరింగ్ హీ సేయింగ్ వై డిడ్ ఇట్ కమ్ డౌన్ హియర్ where are the sheep all of a sudden he became a, a ruler over david as if david is fatherless all of a sudden filled with the devil what is he doing using intimidation tactics coming with an angry voice you see the same spirit that worked in goliath is working in eliab That guy is standing there defying the armies of the living God and this guy an Israelite standing here face to face before the vessel of God defying the spirit of God directly who's working through David not good you should understand the magnitude of spiritual warfare if you don't i pray you get a grasp of it today all the ways in which satan can work through people including an israelite including someone who is in the army of god so to speak don't be surprised don't be shocked if that me myself and i is gone it wouldn't even do a thing in your life the me myself and i is gone that's not going to make a dent in you whatever arrow the enemy throws will go right back to the enemy it's not going to affect you verse 29 and david said what have i done now is there not a cause then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing and these people answered him as the first ones did now the spirit of god is moving david forward david didn't say oh eliab i came to give you the food because daddy told me to and this is why i came and you're falsely accusing me i'm so hurt and next time not going to bring you food he didn't say any of those things well uh, i'm so responsible and how can you accuse me like this i'm the one who's taking care of the sheep why don't you go home and do my job he didn't say that He didn't say well I left the sheep with this person and that person and and you falsely accused me I'm hurt I'm not going to give you the food I'm taking everything back and I'm going you stay here and starve he didn't say that He just said one thing What have I done now Is there not a cause That means I came here for a purpose and that's it he did not go further into anything He did not engage in unfruitful battle the people who sit and fight with side issues and miss out the main battle that's what satan wants he wants to deter you from the main thing he wants to sidetrack you from the main thing so he'll keep you engaged in little battles in the side until he completely beat you down It's very important not to engage yourself in worthless fights. It's important to turn away from those things and be a goal-oriented person. If Goliath is the one you need to bring down, don't be fighting with other stuff there. 
But you overcome that enemy though. You know how David overcame the demons that worked through Eliab? By not giving the response that the demons in Eliab looked for, which was standing there and arguing. Battle strategies are very unique in God's kingdom. Many battles can be won by just closing your mouth. Many battles can be won by emotional restraint. Many battles can be won by turning your attention towards where you need to turn to the more important things or the most important things. Now he went to the next person, more people. He turned from him to another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first one. So it's not just one, many more than that. He's asking the same thing. What should be done to the person who brings down this giant and who takes away the reproach from the people of God? They all said the same thing. What happened? All these demons are working together. Teamwork. The demons that worked in Eliab, they partnered with the other demons. They're all doing the same thing. Now you must know this. It's not something that the demons do on the spot. They say, okay, this is happening, so let's do this. No. Demons are very organized. Their plans are well thought out and planned. Their ruler will sit and talk with them and say, if David comes, do this. Throw this at him. And if he responds this way, throw this at him. Move this many people. Everything is well thought out by the powers of darkness. So this is not something that's happening spontaneously. No, these are well thought war strategies. He had already lined up a whole bunch of people and demons already sitting there. The moment David left the house itself, they were all prepared here. Let that fellow come here and let's all do this to him. Again, David was a young boy who was void of me, myself, and I. That's why he was able to overcome. And he gave the same response to the next ones also. Now, when David heard all these things and he responded the way that God wanted him to respond to all of these people, he won those little battles by the way he silenced the enemy right there again there are battles that can be won by just keeping your mouth shut or speaking just a word or two with the right spirit where your focus is on God and what God wants you to do not on yourself When the focus is on yourself, I got hurt and he said this and she said this and I feel so depressed and they said this and that just shows a person full of me, myself and I. When the focus is on you, you have lost the battle. Everything will go the wrong way. Satan will lead you into a defeated battle plan. But if me, myself and I is not there and you're living for God, that means Every battle you face, you're facing it for God, through God, and with God. Then your response will be like David. Don't take anything personal. You don't let anything affect you because it's not about you. A person who is dead to self 
that this world, the world that to them will not have any kind of response that a person who is alive would give. So now you see here. Because he reacted the way that the Spirit of the Lord wanted him to react. And he overcame those battles. Now, verse 31 comes here. When the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul and he sent for them. Now you see the move of the Holy Spirit here. When? When he passed those battles that were in front of him. You see God's move on his behalf. He moved the people. When Satan moved some people to speak against him, to shut him down. And he responded the way God wanted him to respond, where the focus was not on David, but the focus was on God. I want to repeat this so that no one takes this and misinterprets this. Because David's focus was not on himself, but on God Almighty and the work that God had for him to do. He successfully overcame the enemy who thought that he can somehow pull his emotional strings, somehow can weigh him down by accusing him falsely. David was not focused on himself. His focus was on the mission. So he did not give the reaction that the enemy wanted to, and that was a big weapon against the enemy. He quenched all their fiery darts very quickly. Because he overcame the enemy, now the favor of the Lord is moving him forward. He's qualified to go to the next step before getting to Goliath. God moved the people on his behalf. While Satan moved the people to bring him down, David overcame that. God now moved the people to take him to the next level, towards victory. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he, a man of war from his youth. Now you see the same demons here. They're all working together. Put him down, put him down, put him down, cut him down, put him down. Tell him that you can't do a thing, and you can't do anything right, and look, all that you're doing is wrong, and, and you have a big head, and look at you, and all these things. It's all coming against David. But again, here. He didn't do anything to David because so me, myself, and I there. He was not someone who just said, I'm deeply hurt. Because now the king of Israel says that you're not fit for this. Why did you bring me here, God, for everybody to tear me down? You see how people's focus are always on themselves? Then the whole prayer is me-centered now. Oh, Lord, I'm hurt and I'm wounded and bleeding and I'm Lord this and I'm this and I'm that and there, Goliath is very happy, free. That demon says, I have accomplished my mission. Keep thinking about yourself while I slaughter the rest. God is speaking at this hour. A soldier who has not emptied himself or herself that me, myself, and I cannot win spiritual battle. Cannot win over the enemy. Cannot win the spiritual battle. So when David's character, his experience, 
and who he was in God Almighty was challenged here and put down. David said to Saul, you see humility coming up? Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. A youth, a young person who had no me, myself, and I there. A young person, when he's standing before Saul, had no pride there. Even though he had brought down a bear, brought down lines, many bears, many lines, whatever. Every time it came. Whatever he had to face, he says, God delivered me from these ferocious wild beasts. And the same God, he will deliver me also from this Philistine. He didn't take pride in his achievement because he knew there was only God who caused him to kill the lion and the bear. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you really want to serve God, that me, myself, and I has to be destroyed. That is your number one enemy that will keep you in the land of defeat. The answer came with such humility because he carried God himself. God was within him. Therefore, he was not moved by any of these things. It was not about him. His focus was not about him at all. He's sharing his testimony before him. But no, me, myself, and I. He stated the facts and he exalted the Lord. The facts were, God came through every single time. And he gave me mighty victory and he will do the same thing again. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. What happened now? David took victory over the demons that were working through Saul. When he won that battle, you see the favor of the Lord go before and give him that which he needed to because he's qualified. Go and the Lord be with you. How can this big king, King Saul, is letting this little fellow, not even half a size, to go? How's he doing that? The Bible says, 
Then all of Israel, there's not a single man who was about Saul's shoulder height. That's how tall Saul was. Then David was so young. Imagine how small he would have looked in front of King Saul. But now, David had power over Saul. The spirits that were working in and through Saul were subdued. The power of God is working through David. And all of a sudden, Saul is saying, go. Go. He's risking his entire nation and his life by sending this little fellow. It was the work of God that moved Saul's heart. When you live for Jesus and you wage the spiritual warfare through the power of God working in and through you, there's no me, myself, and I that is there. No demon, no human can stand before you. And all you need in order to succeed in this world, to bring the glory of God down to where you are, will be granted by God himself. So now, the word has come. Go and the Lord will be with you. We don't see as soon as he said that, David ran. No. Now, the devil said, "Uh uh-uh. No, no, Saul. This can't happen this way. This fellow will go and bring the giant down. No, 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 no. We tried intimidating this fellow. This didn't work. Let's try another way. Let's become very helpful. So you have other demons come and work through Saul. Let me put you my armor. Let me give you all the things that I wear. I'll put it on you. Oh, wrong move. There. This guy is the guy full of unbelief over here and fear. Not fit to lead the country at this point because he did not rely on God. He's putting his armor on this little fellow, but a giant in faith who carries the anointing of God. He's clothing him with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Hallelujah. The king is giving his armor to David and says, put this on and go. See how Satan is working? Satan wanted to weigh David down so David can get defeated. Saul put that on David. It looked like a very caring gesture. It looked like a very smart move. Someone can say, thank God I don't have any of these things. I'm just a little shepherd boy. Thank God I'm having the king's armor. Or a person with me, myself, and I will say, wow, I'm now picturing myself as the king of Israel. I'm having the king's armor. There you go. Satan would have laughed and he would have slaughtered you right there. You don't need Goliath to slaughter you at that point. The devil and Saul would have done that. But David was a mighty warrior. Before he could bring down Goliath, he brought down many Goliaths. Many demons that worked. Before he could bring down the demon that worked in Goliath and Goliath himself. He was here winning many battles that went in front of him. So David said, all right, 
as a mighty warrior, he spoke to Saul. He said, I cannot walk with this. I cannot walk with this. He didn't say, I can't say this to the king and he'll get offended and he's going to say, what in the world are you doing? You're going to go without an armor? And No. David was a person who was void of me, myself, and I. Therefore, he didn't fear the king. He didn't give room to the enemy there who enticed him with his armor, who gave him wrong counsel there. He didn't take that. He said, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them. And David took them off right there. What happened at that time? He won the battle there at that point. So the demon that was in Saul was defeated there. Intimidation then worked. Now it becomes very helpful and that demon was defeated also. The demon that tried to be helpful will always look for your downfall. No demon can actually help you. No demon can try to do any good to you. If it pretends to do something, it's for your destruction. Remember that. Nothing good will come from the devil's side. David was full of the spirit of God. He said, I can't wear this any." took it off right away. There was no negotiations there. He didn't say, I'm so sorry, King Saul, I've offended you and I can't wear this and please, 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 maybe I can just keep the helmet, I'll give this to you. No, no, he took them off, everything. He gave it to Saul. That's how he overcame. He spoke when he had to speak and he refrained from speaking when he had to refrain. That's how he overcame. And his words where void of me, myself, and I was full of humility and full of the power of God. What did he do then after that? Then he took a staff in his hands and he chose for himself five five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and a sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. A young boy full of the power of God. Full of the power of God. Void of me, myself and I. Moved according to the move of the Holy Spirit. Won many battles before he could come and stand before the giant Goliath. There he is going before him. With a shepherd's bag. Five smooth stones. And there he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. The Philistine came with all his stuff. David came with what God wanted him to take with him. The rest of the story you can read on your own. When God be for us, who can be against us? If you want to win your spiritual battles, You must be a person who is active and proactive in clothing yourself with humility. You must be active and proactive in cleaning out every bit of me, myself, and I from you. From your vocabulary, from your mindset, from your thinking, from everything. 
Live for God. Live for Jesus and that's what matters. Whatever you do, let it be unto God. And to the glory of God. Make sure. Whatever you want to do. Is what God wants you to do. And you live a life. That is pleasing to God. He will order your steps. He will order your words. You won't be a person who is wallowing in self-pity. You won't be a person who will take offense to anything or anyone. You won't be a person who will be consumed with what others say about you. David was not such a person. He was not admiring himself with the king's armor. He didn't say at that point, wow, now the king believes me. He's given his armor to me. His focus was not on himself. That's where many Christians fail. Because every step of the way, what someone thinks about themselves and me, myself, and I, there's a lot of damage to lots of people. Let Christ live in you. The hope of glory. May you be dead to this world and the world dead to you. Live for Jesus. Don't think about yourself. Take that self out of the picture. If anyone would desire to come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. He who seeks to gain his life will lose it. But he who loses his life, my sake, shall gain it. David was someone who gained because he got rid of that self early in his life. David was someone who overcame every single battle, all kinds of battles, different types of of demons that work through different types of people. David had victory over all of them. Before he could even stand before Goliath. May God speak to your hearts this night. Each one of you who wants to have victory In the spiritual warfare. You want to save yourself and your hearers. You want to be someone. Will not be defeated. Won't be oppressed. You must. Get rid of. The weight. And the sin that is. Clinging on to you. And self is a big weight. Which will keep you from inheriting your promises. The promises of God. It will keep you from inheriting God's promises. It will keep you from inheriting your blessings from God. It will keep you in a land of defeat. But if you want to successfully serve God, 
we want to be someone who is successful in winning the battle against Goliath, you need to be someone who is in tune with the Holy Spirit. You can't be in tune with the Holy Spirit if you are in tune with demonic spirits and yourself. Until David won over his final enemy that came through Saul. He was not able to go and stand before Goliath. But David won every single one of those. Wearing Saul's armor would have brought defeat to him. He had to take those off before he could go to the river and collect those five smooth stones. God is speaking at this hour. If you want to be an overcomer, be someone who lay down every sin in the me, myself, and I which will keep you from getting that which God has for you. Which are those five smooth stones to bring the Goliath down. But before you can get that from the hands of God, you need to be someone who will have victory over the demons that are coming up against you before you can even get to the battle against Goliath. For without the five smooth stones and one smooth stone that comes from that five, you cannot bring the giant down. You need the anointing of God. But the anointing of God cannot come until you get to the river of God and you cannot get to the river of God unless you Lay down. Get rid of Saul's armor. God is speaking to our hearts today. You need to get clearance from all these sources before you could even get to the place of getting that anointing of God. You need to overcome the battles. Overcome the enemy in. Have victory in these battles before you could get that which God has for you to bring down the giant in your life so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God by being blessed by God yourself. Today I ask the Lord to give you the grace and strength to be true in your words, in your actions, in your deeds, in your thought life, in your imagination. Completely get rid of self. Be proactive in that. There should be no room for any 
kind of demon to bring any kind of offense. Those demons will leave when they're defeated. Then you'll be able to move from where you are to the next level. Every trap of the enemy can be destroyed completely. When your focus is on the cross of Jesus Christ. When your focus is on Christ himself. When your focus is on what God wants you to do. Your focus should be on Christ. Not on what others doing. Others are doing to you. When the focus is on you. And not on Christ. You're bound to be defeated every single time. When the focus is on Jesus. And not on yourself. Not on what others are saying about you. Not on what others are doing. For you and to you. Whether they are cutting you down. Or giving you the armor. When you are free from. This great trap of Satan, me, myself, and I. Then the words of Satan, whether it's praises or offensive words, will not do anything to you. Will mean nothing to you. Cannot stop you from doing the will of God will not redirect your focus because your focus is on the right thing. You're single-minded. No one can give you or take away from you something that's not there. If you reject that which the enemy has and you don't give room to what the enemy can bring in, And you don't have anything that the enemy can lay hold of or use that as a base to get into you, to drag you down. Then you can easily overcome the enemy. Easily. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A battle that most people would lose. David won easily. Satan couldn't use his brothers to keep him down. Satan couldn't use the rest of the people to keep him down. Satan couldn't use the king to keep him down. He won at every level. And then he received the stones that God had for him by the riverbanks. He went before the Philistine in the name of the Lord no fear no worry about what he had or what he didn't have kept him from becoming that winner the champion of God Goliath was Philistine's champion David was the champion of the Lord of the heavens armies oh what a blessed place to be in He was not concerned about the armor at all. He's going and standing before this 
demon-possessed giant. I don't need an armor if God says go with the stones and sling the shepherd's back. That's all is needed. When the Lord says go with the sword and you go. It's God who must lead you. Not your human desires and demonic spirits that would entice you with human wisdom and demonic wisdom. These will become a trap for you. But those who trust in the Lord will not rely on their armor, will not rely on their horses, will not rely on manpower, will not rely on machine power, will not rely on any power other than the power of all powers. The power of the Lord of hosts. The overcoming power. The mighty force. Shall we all close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this word that you gave, that you gave from heaven. From the mouth of God, through the mouth of your servant, to the ears of your people, you have spoken this night. I pray be the nature of Jesus be formed in every single one here. They may be overcomers through the power, the might, the almighty God. That they may be free from this, me, myself, and I, disease that comes from the pit of hell. That they may have what it takes to overcome the powers of darkness by being on the Lord's side by being dead to this world and the world dead to them may they be alive unto God and through his spirit bring down every giant pull down every stronghold to the glory of God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. With this blessing, I bless your people with. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen. Kijesus.